0: blog talk radio You are listening to PGN Prophetic Grace Network. This is the live internet broadcast of Secrets Revealed. Understand the Book of Revelation from start to finish. Today is Sunday, August 20th of 2023, and we are talking about the Purple and Scarlet Prophecy, prophecy number eight in the Book of Revelation. I invite you to listen live at 12 p.m. Central, 1 p.m. Eastern on Sundays, and In the month of August, we have analysis and discussion of the Purple and Scarlet Prophecy with me, your Book of Revelation research scientists. They are happening these analyses and discussions um, on PGN on Sundays and Thursdays. I invite you to share your perspective or pose a question about the Book of Revelation. During the live Internet broadcast, you can do that by using our PGN text number, which is 1214. 5058719 5058719 That's 12145058719 you can also use our pgm phone number uh 13195276027 okay let's get to it we're talking about the purple and scarlet prophecy in the book of revelation the one page basic study notes are available at blogtalkradio.com backslash live prophetic the one page basic study notes in a nutshell, this prophecy, this statement of prophecy in the book of Revelation is given to us from John the Revelator, who was called up to heaven according to Revelation chapter 4. In heaven, he was shown documentaries of future realities. So he was shown moving pictures with sound. Today we would call these movies. They're different kinds of movies, movies about uh, realities in other words movies that are not fictional accounts but actually non-fiction we call those documentaries today so john the revelator experienced documentaries they were these were not visions that he caused himself to experience these were documentaries if you will shown to him by an angel of the lord the purple and scarlet prophecy We could also refer to this as the Purple and Scarlet documentary Begins with verse 1 of chapter 17 It ends with verse 5 of chapter 19 It is about a singular event It's about primarily I should say primarily It's primarily about a singular event mentioned In Revelation chapter 16 When the angel pours out the seventh vial when the angel pours out the seventh vowel on the earth, one of the consequences is that mystery Babylon, the great city referred to in the purple and scarlet prophecy, it is destroyed. Now we're going to go today to Revelation chapter 17, verses 11. 12, 13, and 14. So our focus today is analysis of the reality and actions of the Antichrist in the purple and scarlet prophecy. The realities and actions of the Antichrist in the purple and scarlet prophecy in the book of Revelation. Reading from the book of Revelation now, here is what it says. In Revelation chapter 17, verses 11 to 14, the scarlet beast that was, but is no longer, is the eighth king. He is like the other seven, and he too is headed for destruction. So this is telling us that the Antichrist will be the eighth king. You say, the eighth king of what? So during the Great Tribulation, which is three and a half years, during the Great Tribulation, a time of great distress for those who are team Jesus, a time period that is soon coming, there will be a ten-nation alliance that dominates political and economic affairs. That's described in the 666 Antichrist prophecy in Revelation chapter 13. The Scarlet Beast is the Antichrist. And we're told here, the scarlet beast that was but is no longer is the eighth king. Now, why is he no longer? Ultimately, the scarlet beast, the Antichrist, will be destroyed. He's going to Gehenna. He's going to the lake of fire that burns with sulfur and brimstone forever and ever. That's described in Revelation chapter 19, verses 19 to 21, verses 19 and 20. Revelation chapter 19, verses 19 and 20. So often in the book of Revelation, there's a perspective that's eternal. So the Scarlet Beast that was in our time, 2023, the Scarlet Beast is, but from the perspective of eternity future, After the end of the age, the beast is no longer. Okay, so what does it all mean? The Antichrist is for us in the present. He was for the angel who was showing this to John the Revelator. But in the future, he is no longer. So what does it mean for us right now? As we look forward to the great tribulation, the Antichrist will be the eighth king. Let's continue in verse 11. It says, he is like the other seven, and he too is headed for destruction. The ten horns of the beast are ten kings who have not yet risen to power. So the beast refers to three people, And the beast refers to the ten-nation alliance. So we're told here that the ten horns are ten kings who have not yet risen to power. So these are the ten kings. Each is a king of one of the ten nations in the ten-nation alliance that will dominate political and economic affairs during the Great Tribulation. Then it says, Revelation 17, verse 12, continuing. They will be appointed to their kingdoms for one brief moment to reign with the beast. So these ten kings are going to reign with the Antichrist. Then it says, they will agree to give him their power and authority. So they're going to be in power, but for some reason, they yield their power to the Antichrist. So that's how one individual comes to have so much power on this great big earth. So power goes to these ten nations that dominate political and economic affairs. And then these ten kings agree to give one person their power and authority. Then it says in verse 14, together, talking about The Ten Kings and the Antichrist, together, they will go to war against the Lamb. Who's the Lamb? That's Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ came first as the Lamb of God, but he's coming second at his return as the lion of the tribe of Judah, but he is always the lamb. He is always the lamb. The lamb's book of life is what we are interested in, right? Making sure our names are documented in the lamb's book of life. So together, these kings and the Antichrist, it says in verse 14, will go to war against the lamb. Now when is that going to happen? That happens after the great tribulation. So there's the great tribulation, which is the wrath of Satan, that's followed by the wrath of God, the seven final plagues. The culmination of the wrath of God is the battle of Armageddon. So it says, together they will go to war against the Lamb. That war is the war to end all wars, the battle of Armageddon. Then we're told at the end of verse 14, but the Lamb will defeat them. Because he is Lord of all lords and king of all kings. So Jesus Christ will defeat the Antichrist and the kings, these kings that go to wage war against him. When is this all going to happen? At the Battle of Armageddon. Jesus Christ will defeat the Antichrist at the Battle of Armageddon. Now let us talk about these realities uh, with respect to the Antichrist and his actions, let's talk about the realities of the Antichrist and his actions so in Daniel chapter seven, we get more information so why is he the eighth king, and why do they uh, why do these ten kings agree to give? The Antichrist, the Scarlet Beast, their power. Let's hear about it. Daniel was shown this information in a, vi- in a vision. Daniel chapter 7, verse 7. Let's look at some of the key scriptures in Daniel chapter 7 to help us understand the reality of the Antichrist. In the Purple and Scarlet Prophecy, the reality of the Antichrist and his actions during the Great Tribulation. How does he rise to power? How does it all happen? So we're told that he's in power in the 666 Antichrist Prophecy. And we're told here in the Purple and Scarlet Prophecy that the Ten Kings yield their power 100%. They give it to the Antichrist. How does this all happen? Let's go to Daniel to unlock more of these secrets in the book of Revelation. Daniel chapter 7, verse 7, Daniel says, Then in my vision that night, I saw a fourth beast, terrifying, dreadful, and very strong. It devoured and crushed its victims with huge iron teeth and trampled their remains beneath its feet. It was different from any of the other beasts, and it had ten horns. This is the same beast that we hear about in the Purple and Scarlet Prophecy. So in Revelation 17, 16, it says, The Scarlet Beast and his ten horns. So this is talking about the same beast. The same ten horns, the same ten kings, who are the leaders of ten nations that make up the ten nation alliance. So here in Daniel chapter 7, it's talking about this ten-nation alliance, and it refers to it as a fourth beast. And it says about this uh, one world government, this new world order that will exist during the Great Tribulation, that it's terrifying, and it's dreadful and very strong. Continuing in verse 8, In Daniel chapter 7 so a question for us to answer is how does the Antichrist rise to power how is it that he's not one of these 10 kings yet all 10 of these kings agree to give him their power how does it all happen that secret is revealed in Daniel chapter 7 let's hear it verse 8 as I was looking at the horns So Daniel's looking at these ten kings. As I was looking at the horns, suddenly another small horn appeared among them. So there are ten kings, and then suddenly the Antichrist appears. So the Ten Nation Alliance with its ten kings is already the one world government. It's already dominating political and economic affairs and Daniel is shown quote suddenly another small horn appeared among them three of the first horns were torn out by the roots to make room for it this little horn had eyes like human eyes and a mouth that was boasting arrogantly this tells us that the Antichrist will emerge first as a small figure. But he emerges, and we're told three of the first horns were torn out by the roots to make room for it. So there are ten kings, but three, three are disempowered. What do we mean? They're no longer kings. Three of the kings in the ten-nation alliance, three of the rulers are disempowered. It says they're torn out by the roots to make room for it. What's it? It is the small horn that suddenly appears. It is the scarlet beast. It is the antichrist. It says this little horn had eyes like human eyes and a mouth that was boasting arrogantly. So these 10 kings are going to all yield their power, we're told in the Purple and Scarlet Prophecy, to the Antichrist. But at a certain point, three of those kings are removed from power, and this allows him to emerge as the supreme leader, if you will, to emerge in uh, the full splendor of his power as the leader of the world, as the leader of the ten-nation alliance. So now we go from ten horns to seven horns, and the Antichrist is therefore the eighth king. Now let's continue in Daniel chapter 7. Verse 11 says, I continued to watch because I could hear the little horn's boastful speech. So the Antichrist will be very boastful. Then in verse 20 it says, I also asked about the ten horns on the fourth beast's head and the little horn that came up afterward and destroyed three of the other horns. So Daniel's talking to the angel who's who's there explaining to him what he's experienced. And so Daniel tells us that he asks the angel of the Lord about the ten horns. So he asks, what about these ten kings uh, that are ruling the one world government during the Great Tribulation? And what about the little horn that comes up afterwards? In other words, what about the Antichrist? It says the little horn that came up afterward and destroyed three of the other horns. So now more secrets. Now we find out that these three kings are disempowered because the Antichrist takes their power. He destroys three of these kings, probably three who maybe had some doubts. (laughs) Maybe they weren't going to go along with everything he wants. I don't know. The Bible doesn't tell us, uh, but it does tell us specifically that three of the ten kings are destroyed by the little horn that's the antichrist that's the scarlet beast then continuing in verse 20 it says this horn seemed greater than the others and it had human eyes and a mouth that was boasting arrogantly so twice twice daniel reports in chapter 7 that the antichrist will boast arrogantly Then in verse 21, Daniel says, As I watched, this horn was waging war against God's holy people and was defeating them. So the Antichrist will wage war against God's holy people, and he appears to be defeating them. Now this is described in Revelation 12 and 13, but here in Daniel, 600 years before, Daniel was shown this vision. It says, As I watched this horn, was waging war. So the Antichrist waging war against God's holy people and was defeating them until the Ancient One, the Most High, came and judged in favor of his holy people. Then the time arrived for the holy people to take over the kingdom. Then he said to me, this fourth beast is the fourth world power that will rule the earth. Now this is very important. In our lifetime, we have never had a one world government. We've never had a quote-unquote world power. We've had powers that are uh, very, uh, we've had governments that are very powerful, such as the United States of America, such as China, such as Russia, such as the United Kingdom, but none of these nations has been a world power that dominates uh, the whole earth. But It is coming. What's coming? The new world order is coming. What's the new world order? That's the ten-nation alliance that will dominate economic and political affairs. So in Daniel chapter 7, verse 23, he says, um, this is what the angel tells Daniel. Then he said to me, quote, this fourth beast is the fourth world power that will rule the earth. It will be different. From all the others, it will devour the whole world, trampling and crushing everything in its path. Its ten horns are ten kings who will rule that empire. So we're talking about an empire, ten nations with ten kings that are a world power. It's the new world order. Then another king will arise different from the other ten, who will subdue three of them. So again, we're told in Daniel chapter 7, now in verse 24, that another king will arise. So we, we were at ten kings, now we're at plus one, ten plus one. But it says, he's different from the other ten, who will subdue three of them. So ten kings minus three kings is seven kings. So now we have seven kings plus one. The Antichrist is the eighth king. He will defy the Most High and oppress the holy people of the Most High. Now that's described in Revelation 12 and 13 as well. He will try to change their sacred festivals and laws. And they will be placed under his control for a time, times, and half a time. So that's three and a half years. So a time means one year, times means two years, and half a time means half a year. So one plus two is three, plus one half is three and a half. So as reported in Revelation 12 and Revelation 13, the rule of the Antichrist, the great tribulation, a time of great distress for those who are team Jesus. And those who worship the one God in the rebuilt holy temple, this is three and a half years. Okay, so we're talking about the realities and actions of the Antichrist in the purple and scarlet prophecy. We just heard from uh, Daniel chapter 7. Let's go back to Revelation, the purple and scarlet prophecy. So verses 11 to 14 again, it says, The scarlet beast that was but is no longer is the eighth king. He is like the other seven, and he too is headed for destruction. Now we understand a little bit more what this is talking about. Then it says, the ten horns of the beast are ten kings who have not yet risen to power. They will be appointed to their kingdoms for one brief moment. To reign with the beast. They will all agree. To give him their power. And authority. So these ten kings are going to give. The antichrist their power and authority. He's going to subdue three of them. Ten minus Three is seven. He will be the eighth king. He will be the eighth king. Now let's talk more about. The realities. Of the antichrist during the great tribulation let's go to daniel let's go to uh let's go to the book of daniel it says here in daniel chapter 8 verse 22 Daniel, this is the angel Gabriel, the angel of the Lord, Gabriel, talking to Daniel. It says, Daniel, I have come here to give you insight and understanding. Listen carefully so that you can understand the meaning of your vision. So Daniel had another vision. He's trying to understand what it all means. And then in verse 25, Gabriel says, now listen and understand. Seven sets of seven plus 62 sets of seven will pass from the time the command is given to rebuild Jerusalem until a ruler, the anointed one, comes. Now, the anointed one is Jesus Christ. The ruler is Jesus Christ. You might say, well, when will Jesus Christ rule? He will rule after he fights and wins the battle of Armageddon. According to Isaiah chapter 9, And of the increase of his government and his peace, there shall be no end. Now, where is his government? It's talking about his government on this present earth. His government on this present earth. He came first as the Lamb of God, and he died on the cross. But he's coming second as the lion of the tribe of Judah, and he's going to fight and win the Battle of Armageddon. He's going to put down the governments of men and establish the kingdom of God on this present earth. Now, it says here in Daniel chapter 9, verse 25, Jerusalem will be rebuilt with streets and strong defenses despite the perilous times. In verse 26, and a ruler will, wait, wait, let me go back to verse 26. Um, after this period of 62 sets of seven, the anointed one will be killed, appearing to have accomplished nothing. So that's referring to the fact that Jesus Christ died on, Jesus Christ died on the cross. It appears to those who are unwise that he accomplished nothing. Again, Daniel chapter Eight verse 26 says after this period of 62 sets of seven the anointed one talking about jesus christ will be killed appearing to have accomplished nothing okay then it says and a ruler will arise whose armies will destroy the city and the temple now in the bible particularly in books of prophecy We jump long periods of time. Because remember, prophecy is written from the perspective of eternity future, after the end of time. After the end of time. So one day, a hundred days, a hundred years, a thousand years, from the perspective of eternity future, in other words, beyond all time, it's a very short period of time. So now where it says, and a ruler will arise whose armies will destroy the city. Now we're talking about the Antichrist. So Jesus Christ died on the cross 2,000 years ago, and now it's 2023. We await we await the emergence of the Antichrist during the Great Tribulation. So now we're getting to the part of Daniel chapter 8, where it's relevant for us. It says, and a ruler will arise whose armies will destroy the city, talking about Jerusalem, and the temple. What's that? That's the rebuilt temple. The red heifer was found. The red heifer is here. The red heifer is ready. It's in Israel. The third temple is shortly to be rebuilt. Daniel's talking about it right here. The end will come with the flood. That's Revelation chapter 12. Revelation chapter 12, there will be an attempt to take out Israel with the flood. It's going to fail. Let's continue. The end will come with the flood and war. The Antichrist will wage war first against Israel. Then he will enlarge the war to include those who give testimony for Jesus Christ, specifically Christians. That's at the end of Revelation chapter 12 in the 1260 days prophecy. But here in Daniel it says, the end will come with the flood and war and its miseries are decreed. From that time to the very end, the ruler, talking about the Antichrist, will make a treaty with the people for a period of one set of seven. So this is important. One set of seven, what does that mean? Seven years. Then it says, but after half this time, what does that mean? Three and a half years. He will put an end to the sacrifices and offerings. Now, when the third temple is rebuilt shortly, the third temple is going to be rebuilt. There'll be a confirmation of the covenant. Israel will get the green light to rebuild its temple. Those priests who will conduct uh, the rituals, they have been trained. The blueprints have been drawn the objects that will go in the rebuilt temple, they have been purchased. The red heifer is available. The 10th red heifer is here. So Daniel talking about it. The angel of the Lord explained to him the vision that God gave him, telling Daniel about what is shortly to come to pass in our lifetime. It says the ruler, talking about the Antichrist, the scarlet beast, referred to in the Purple and Scarlet Prophecy in Revelation chapter 17. Here in Daniel it says the ruler will make a treaty with the people for a period of one set of seven. So when the Antichrist is finally on the scene in a way where it's obvious to all the people of the world, he's going to be a part of making this treaty that will give the Jewish people the green light to rebuild their temple, so he's going to look like a hero. But it says, but after half this time, he will put an end to the sacrifices and offerings. You know, I have a phrase that I like to use sometimes. Uh, it's the animal mafia. And I, I don't mean that in a negative way. Don't be offended. I love uh, animals. Everything that God has created is beautiful. Uh, people, animals, uh, plants. Do you know that when the temple is rebuilt and the Jewish people are making uh, sacrifices and offerings, specifically animal sacrifices in their rebuilt temple in the way that they did when the first temple was here and the second temple, which was destroyed in 70 A.D. by the Romans, the animal mafia will be outraged. They will say something like this, how dare these people uh, murder innocent animals? This is a travesty. This has to be stopped. They're going to say that, and they're gonna, it's not going to be one person. It's not going to be uh, uh, two people. It's going to be thousands and millions of people who do not understand the things of God. They do not understand the Bible. They're going to be outraged. They're going to be outraged and enraged they're going to be outraged and enraged at the sacrifices and offerings specifically the animal sacrifices and offerings that are made and it tells us here in daniel chapter 8 verse 27 but after half this time he talking about the scarlet beast the antichrist the little horn that emerged after the ten kings were put in place, he will put an end to the sacrifices and offerings. So he will look like the hero to the Jewish people. He will be a man of Jewish descent. He is a man of Jewish descent. His identity was announced by Prophet Randy Chandler on Monday, September 12th of 2022. If you didn't hear that program, I encourage you to go to the archive. The identity of the Antichrist was announced on September 12th of 2022 on PGM by Prophet Randy Chandler. Let's go here to Daniel. Daniel chapter 827, he will put an end to the sacrifices and offerings. Now imagine the Jewish people They have had no, Israel was rebuilt supernaturally. Israel came back together supernaturally in 1948. It hadn't existed as a physical nation with its own land uh, uh, for hundreds of years. Came back together again supernaturally in 1948. Since 1948, uh, the Lord our God has had no temple in which we can worship him. There is no temple where the people of God can worship the Lord Jesus. The Jewish people have been without a temple to worship the Lord our God since 1948. Now, very quickly, very soon, very soon, the confirmation of the covenant is coming. What does that mean? Exactly what's written here in Daniel. The ruler will make a treaty. That's the confirmation of the covenant. In other words, saying, you know what, Israel, you're right. God has promised you this land. And the nations of the world, we agree to authorize. The nations of the world, the powers that be, we agree to authorize you to rebuild the Jewish temple on the Temple Mount. So you're going to have, we're going to have the third temple along with the mosque. And so the Jews will be worshiping our God in the rebuilt temple. The Muslims will be worshiping their God in the mosque, both simultaneously on the temple mount. So the Antichrist, the Scarlet Beast, the Little Horn, he will appear to be a hero, but three and a half years in You can imagine it's going to be like a a cacophony of sound. Millions of people, they'll be on CNN. They'll be on Al Jazeera. They'll be on Fox News, MSNBC. They'll be on the radio. They'll be protesting out on the streets. They'll have signs and pictures. People will probably be uh, pulling out their hair. They will be outraged and enraged about these sacrifices, these animal sacrifices. So the Antichrist, who appeared to be a hero to the Jewish people, because now they can rebuild their temple, and he's a man of Jewish descent, suddenly he will be seen as, uh, as the agent of Satan that he really is. He'll say, well, I'm a Jew, but actually I'm God. And you don't need to have these sacrifices anymore because I'm here and you can worship me. Now, let's say here in Daniel chapter 8, verse 27, take home point is right here. It says he will put an end to the sacrifices and offerings. So going back on his word, they said the Jewish people, they will tell them they can rebuild the temple. Go ahead and worship. uh, Go ahead and worship your God and do what it is you do, just like the Muslims do what it is they do in their mosque, you do what it is you do in your temple. Then they're going to tell them, oh, wait, actually, stop. Actually, stop doing what you do. Uh, you're going to need to stop worshiping God with these sacrifices. You're going to have to stop killing innocent animals. Yeah, this is all coming to an end. Then it says, continuing, And as a climax to all his terrible deeds, who? The Scarlet Beast. And as a climax to all his terrible deeds, he will set up a sacrilegious object that causes desecration. Until the fate decreed for this defiler is finally poured out on him. Now, what's the fate thus decreed? He's going to the lake of fire. The Antichrist is going to the lake of fire. He will be destroyed with the second death eternal damnation. He is going to the lake of fire. That's in revelation 19 verses 19 and 20. But before, before his destruction and as a climax to the great tribulation, the, the pinnacle of his egregious actions, according to the word of God is this. He sets up a sacrilegious object that causes desecration. Now, My perception is that this sacrilegious object is that statue. In Revelation chapter 13, we're told that the false prophet commissions a statue of the Antichrist. We're told that the false prophet commissions a statue of the Antichrist and that everyone's required to worship the statue. It sounds nuts, but uh, this is not science fiction. This is Science fact, as I like to say, um, everything in the Book of Revelation is 100% true. All the prophecies are sure to come to pass. Um, now, it doesn't tell us that it's that statue, but my perception is that that's likely what we're talking about here. It says he will set up a sacrilegious object that causes desecration. Okay, we're talking about realities of the Antichrist during the Great Tribulation. So the Antichrist. Is the Scarlet Beast described in the Purple and Scarlet Prophecy, Revelation chapter 17, verses 11 to 14? That's our focus for today. Let's hear it again. Revelation 17, verse 11. The Scarlet Beast that was, but is no longer, is the eighth king. Now, when will he be no longer? He will be no longer after the fate decreed for this defiler is finally poured out on him. So, After the Battle of Armageddon is fought and won, I should say, um, in the context of the Battle of Armageddon being fought and won, the beast is captured, that's the Scarlet Beast, that's the Antichrist, and he is thrown into the lake of fire. He's destroyed. He goes to Gehenna, the fiery lake that burns with sulfur and brimstone forever and ever. Now, here in the Purple and Scarlet Prophecy, which begins with Revelation chapter 17, verse 1, it ends with verse 5 of 19. We're talking about the Antichrist, uh, the realities of the Antichrist in the Purple and Scarlet Prophecy. It says, verse 11, The scarlet beast that was but is no longer is the eighth king. He is like the other seven, and he too is headed for destruction. The ten horns of the beast, Are ten kings who have not yet risen to power, they will be appointed to their kingdoms for one brief moment to reign with the beast. So they're going to be, uh, these ten kings will be in power. Each will be a president, prime minister. They'll have some kind of title like that. They will be the leader of one of the ten nations in the one world government, in the ten nation alliance that dominates economic and political affairs, the Ten Nation Alliance described in Revelation chapter 13, the 666 Antichrist prophecy. Here it says, they will all agree to give him their power and authority. Who's him? The Scarlet Beast. Who's the Scarlet Beast? The little horn. They will all agree, these ten kings, to give him their power and authority together. That's the kings and the Antichrist. Together together. They will go to war against the lamb, but the lamb will defeat them because he is Lord of all lords and king of all kings. So when will the lamb defeat them? At the battle of Armageddon. Okay, now let's unlock more of these secrets about the realities of the scarlet beast. Now, there's something very interesting in revelation chapter 12 so revelation chapter 12 is the 1260 days prophecy as you may realize and know 1260 days is exactly 42 months and 42 months is three and a half years so we're talking about the great tribulation now in revelation chapter 12 it talks about a war it talks about a a war and how Satan is thrown out of heaven and he's mad because he's been demoted. (laughs) He's relegated to existence singularly on this fallen earth. Now think about this. Imagine you live in the grandest house that exists in your city or town. So, you know, if that's Washington DC, that'd be the White House. Um, if you're in Garland, Texas, I don't know exactly that address. Um So, if you're in DC, 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue, that's the grandest house in Washington DC. That's where I happen to be uh uh that's where I happen to be born. Think about where you were born or where you live, the grandest house. Now, let's say you've been living there. In this amazing, fabulous house, this fantastic location, then all of a sudden you're sent you're sent to the worst house. so heaven, present heaven, is amazing. The abode, the house of God, the Father, is in heaven, where Jesus Christ God manifests in the flesh, in other words, uh the Son of God, so God is a triune God. Hear, O Israel, the Lord thy God is one. Timothy says it's the great mystery, the Godhead. So Jesus Christ, in a glorified body, he lives where? In heaven. Now heaven is a beautiful place, we can imagine. I haven't been there. Maybe you have. I don't know. If you've been there, would you text me to tell me about it? Now heaven is a beautiful place. Satan, for whatever reasons, is allowed to be there. Now, we hear about that in the book of Job. He runs up to tell God, oh, look what Job did. So we're told he's the accuser of the brethren. What does that mean? He actually goes to God the Father, and whenever he finds uh, someone who believes in God, someone who worships God, and he thinks the person has done something wrong, the person has sinned, maybe the person has, we're on this fallen earth, and then he he goes and he rubs it in God's face well have you have you heard about your servant so and so Well, look what she did or look what he did, so he's the accuser of the brethren. He's so miserable all he all he can do uh go to God and say, "Well, you think you're great, you think your people love you, but look what they did. They're disobedient okay let me let me get back. I'm a little bit off track. Thank you for your patience with me. Here's the interesting thing in Revelation chapter 12. It tells us in that 1,260 days prophecy that there's a war in heaven. That's a physical location. That's the physical location where every uh, Christian, every person who died in Christ exists. And that person has had perfect continuity of life. Maybe it's your grandma. Maybe it's your mom. Maybe it's uh, your sister or brother, niece or nephew, a neighbor. Maybe it's a, uh, you know, the list goes on. Millions of people, they're living. Where? In heaven. Millions also are living in Hades. Now let's talk about Revelation chapter 12 for a second. This war in heaven, it appears that it's connected to the activities of the Antichrist. Now we're talking about the purple and scarlet prophecy and what are the realities and actions of the Antichrist during the great tribulation? The Antichrist is going to succeed at everything he does and he will be permitted to succeed. Now, now there's, there's some Christians out there. They don't want to hear this. They don't want to hear this. They think that the prayer of agreement is going to stop this or that And there are certain things that God is going to allow. That includes the Antichrist triumphing for three and a half years. Now, the triumph of the Antichrist is uh, for a finite period of time, very short duration, precisely three and a half years, 1,260 days. Interestingly, his activities are not limited to war on this present earth. But it also includes war in heaven. Now, you might say, research scientists, you have got to tell me what in the heck you're talking about. Let's go to the scripture to hear about it. Daniel chapter 9 unlocks more secrets about the Antichrist. Here it is. Daniel chapter 9, verse 9. Then from one of the prominent horns came a small horn whose power grew very great. Now, we know what horn we're talking about, right? We heard about the same horn in Daniel chapter 7, Daniel chapter 8. Now, again, we're back on the little horn. Who's the little horn? That's the Antichrist, the Scarlet Beast. Again, Daniel chapter 9, verse 9. Then from one of the prominent horns came a small horn whose power grew very great. Just to give you a little bit of background, it explains uh where the Antichrist is going to emerge in terms of the specific uh, region, country. I am not a historian. I'm not able to understand, and uh, I won't say I'm not able to understand. I do not know the details of the history of uh, many European and Asian nations. Um, But in this chapter, if you are interested in that, you could go there to trace and determine, I believe, exactly what nation the Antichrist is going to emerge in in terms of where he's going to be able to seize power. Um, That's beyond the scope of my knowledge, but uh, I mention that in case you have an interest in that. Okay, Daniel chapter 9, verse 9. Then from one of the prominent horns came a small horn whose power grew very great. It extended toward the south and the east and toward the glorious land of Israel. Its power reached to the heavens where it attacked the heavenly army. Friend and truth seeker, you heard me right. Let me read that again. Talking about what the small horn, the little horn, what does it say? Its power reached to the heavens. So let's let's paraphrase this. The power of the antichrist will reach to the heavens. Now how is that possible? How is that possible? Now you may know that there's a uh, a race to get to space. So the one guy I think his name's Richard Branson and Bezos these these uh billionaires, there're a number of them today, but there's a race to get to space. Do you know Do you know that heaven is a specific location? Heaven is a specific location. It's possible that there's technology that would allow a person to actually reach that physical location. Similarly, Hades, prisons of darkness. Hades is in the center of the earth. Disembodied spirits have perfect continuity of life in prisons of darkness if they fail to find and follow God's plan for salvation. It's possible that technology could permit an individual to go to that location. What location? Hades. Now, I don't encourage anyone to do that. There's a reason why we're on this present earth to carry out the assignment that's the will of God. Now, let's hear the scripture. Its power reached to the heavens, where it attacked the heavenly army. This is telling us that the power of the Antichrist will reach present heaven, and that the power of the Antichrist will attack the heavenly army. What's the heavenly army? That's the armies of God. The armies of God... Are not here on this present earth Now we have the army, you know, Russia has an army China has an army, India has an army The US has an army, Mexico has an army Venezuela has an army It goes on like that, right? But here it says Its power reached to the heavens Where it attacked the heavenly army Now you say, research scientists This sounds bizarre I've never heard this Friend and truth seeker, I've never heard it either. I've been studying uh, the book of Revelation, believing God to unlock these secrets for uh, us, those who have a heart and a mind to hear the word of God and understand it. Now, it gives us lots of wonderful detail. This, this unlocks secrets about the Antichrist. It says, its power reached to the heavens where it attacked the heavenly army, throwing some of the heavenly beings and some of the stars to the ground and trampling them. So what does this mean? The Antichrist will actually have such power, such power, whether it's through technology or Satan or both. The Antichrist will have such power that he's able to wage a war in present heaven and dislodge some of the heavenly beings and some of the angels, it says, and some of the stars to the ground and trampling them. Now let's continue. Verse 11 It even challenged the commander of heaven's army, that's Jesus Christ, talking about the little horn, and that's the scarlet beast, even challenged the commander of heaven's army by canceling. The daily sacrifices offered to him and by destroying his temple. So we're in a different chapter in Daniel. But again, it's referring to the fact that the Antichrist is going to cancel the daily sacrifices. He's going to give in to the demands of the animal mafia, the demands of the world. He's going to cancel those daily sacrifices three and a half years in to the seven year uh, agreement. And he's going to, quote, uh, destroy, unquote, destroying his temple. So the Antichrist will cancel the daily sacrifices and destroy the temple. Then it says in verse 12, now this is very important. The army of heaven was restrained from responding to this rebellion. Now, I remember saying... On this program, when we were talking about the 1260 days prophecy, I remember saying something like, I'm unclear about this war in heaven and why Michael doesn't this or that, right? So in Revelation chapter 12, there's reference to the war in heaven. Now, here it says in Daniel, the army of heaven was restrained from responding to this rebellion. So the Antichrist is not only going to wage war on the earth, but also in heaven. Somehow his power is going to reach that physical location. Specifically, some angels will be destroyed by the Antichrist. Some other heavenly beings are thrown to the ground by the power or due to the power of the antichrist. And it says the army of heaven was restrained from responding to this rebellion. Now, what does that mean? God, God disallows them. God disallows them to take action. Now, this might be hard to wrap our brains around. If God can, And, of course, he can. God's omnipotent, all-powerful. If he can stop the Antichrist, why doesn't he do it on day one? Why is the Antichrist permitted to keep going for 1,260 days? I don't know the answer to that question. I do know God is smarter than me. And, friend, whether you realize it or not, God is smarter than you. God is a just God and a good God. He has a plan to destroy the Antichrist. He has given us that plan uh, because he loves us and he wants us to be in confidence and in faith, trusting him, knowing that his perfect plan will come to pass. Now it says here, the army of heaven was restrained from responding to this rebellion, so the daily sacrifice was halted, halted, and truth was overthrown. So these daily sacrifices... When the Antichrist stops them, he's going to be allowed to do that. And the armies of heaven are not going to be permitted to interfere. Then it says here, this is so powerful, the horn succeeded in everything it did. Now, during the Great Tribulation, some people are going to want to pray away the Antichrist. They're going to want to pray away the Great Tribulation, and it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen The instruction for every believer, what we're supposed to do during the Great Tribulation, is found in the 666 Antichrist prophecy, Revelation 13, verses 9 and 10. That's our instruction. That's our instruction. Now, let's keep going here in Daniel. Let me pause for a second. Uh, I feel that to—I want to say a little bit more before we move on. Let's talk about this war in heaven that the Antichrist wages— Let's go to it for a second. Revelation 12. Revelation 12 says in verse 7, then there so uh let's go to Revelation 12 verses 6 7 and 8. And the woman fled into the wilderness where God had prepared a place to care for her for 1,260 days. That's talking about Israel. Then there was war in heaven. So people say, that's not possible. Let me read the Bible again. This is not my opinion. So we're going to go beyond our opinions and beyond, you know, what we heard this person or that person say. We're going to go beyond what? Maybe our parents believed or our pastor or our teacher or husband and wife. We're going to go to the word of God. We allow that to inform our thinking. And when we find that the word of God conflicts with our human beliefs, we adjust our human beliefs so that we can grow in the wisdom of the Lord. Now, here's what the word of the Lord says. Then there was war in heaven. It doesn't say war on earth. Again, Then there was war in heaven, Revelation chapter 12, verse 7. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon and his angels. And the dragon lost the battle, and he and his angels were forced out of heaven. This great dragon, the ancient serpent called the devil or Satan, the one deceiving the whole world, was thrown down to the earth with all his angels. So Satan will be forced out of heaven. That's very interesting. Uh, We heard in Daniel that the power of the Antichrist is going to reach into the heavens and that he's going to make some progress with the war there and that the armies of heaven will be restrained and they won't be allowed to take the Antichrist out when he does that. Now, it'll be very interesting to see how the Antichrist connects to these billionaires who have the technology to go beyond the atmosphere of the earth. Now, let's continue in Daniel chapter 9. The angel Gabriel says to Daniel in verse 19, I'm here to tell you what will happen later in the time of wrath. Now, what's the time of wrath? This is talking about the wrath of Satan. The wrath of Satan is the Great Tribulation. He uses his two flunkies, the Antichrist and the false prophet, to carry out his plans and purposes. The Antichrist uses his two flunkies, the Antichrist and the false prophet, to carry out his plans and purposes. The Great Tribulation is the wrath of Satan. Daniel chapter 9 says, I am here to tell you what will happen later in the time of wrath. Now, verse 23 in the same chapter says, At the end of their rule, when their sin is at its height, a fierce king, a master of intrigue, will rise to power. He will become very strong, but not by his own power. This is talking about the Antichrist. He will cause a shocking amount of destruction and succeed in everything he does. Now, we already heard that he's going to succeed in everything he does, this little horn in verse 12 of chapter 9, now it says again in verse 19, uh, sorry, in verse 24, he will cause a shocking amount of destruction and succeed in everything he does. He will destroy powerful leaders and devastate the holy people. Now, who are the powerful leaders? Well, that can mean many people, but we know that he subdues three of the ten kings. He takes out three of the ten kings to make room for himself as the supreme of that thing, the one world government, the new world order. It says, he will destroy powerful leaders and devastate the holy people. The devastation of the holy people is described in Revelation chapter 13, the 666 Antichrist prophecy, and Revelation chapter 12, the 1260 days prophecy. Let's continue here in Daniel, talking about the Antichrist, verse 25 of chapter 9, he will be a master of deception and will become arrogant. Now, we see this language used over and over again about the Antichrist. He's boastful and he's arrogant. Now, that's been added. It says he will destroy many without warning. He will even take on the prince of princes in battle. Now, that's, that's the secret that tells you for sure that this is not talking about something that happened in the past. This is talking about something in our future. When it says he will even take on the prince of princes in battle, those who understand the Bible immediately know that this is communicating that this is the Antichrist because the person who takes on the prince of princes, that is the Antichrist who takes on the prince of princes. That's Jesus Christ. So remember, Jesus Christ is the Lamb of God. He's the lion of the tribe of Judah. He's the king of all kings, he's the lord of all lords, and he's the prince of peace. He's the prince of princes. So this can only, this can only be talking about Jesus Christ. And so it's telling us the Antichrist will even take on the prince of princes in battle. What battle? The battle of Armageddon. The battle of Armageddon. Then here in Daniel it says, but... He will be broken, though not by human power. So the Antichrist is not going to be defeated by uh, USA. The Antichrist is not going to be defeated by Canada. The Antichrist is not going to be defeated by Israel. The Antichrist is going to be defeated by the Lion of the tribe of Judah. When Jesus Christ descends from the clouds on a white horse, followed by the armies of heaven, he's going to land there, In Israel, the battle of Armageddon will be fought and won. It will not be a worldwide battle. Worldwide battle, it will be local. It will be local. Now, verse 26 says, none of these things will happen for a long time. So keep this vision a secret. So the angel Gabriel tells Daniel again, none of these things will happen for a long time, so keep this vision a secret. Now, Daniel was written approximately 600 A.D., I mean 600 BC, I think is what I mean to say, sorry. 600 BC, approximately, the book of Daniel. Now here we are 2,000 years later, it's 2023. So we're, we're at the, it's, it's been a long time. (laughs) There's a song I'm hearing in my mind, uh, that says, the person says it's been a long time. So it's been a long time, and I believe, The time for the temple to be rebuilt is shortly coming to pass. Now, how do we know when these things are going to happen? The final set of seven, the final set of seven, what's that? That seven years referred to in Daniel we heard earlier. When Jesus Christ, when his return is imminent, how do you know when his return is imminent? Well, there are different ways to know, according to the Bible. My favorite way of knowing is this. When Israel is given the green light to rebuild its temple, and the temple is rebuilt, but as soon as they're given that green light, that treaty that we heard about in the book of Daniel, we know that we have entered the final seven-year period, the final set of seven before Jesus Christ will come to establish his kingdom, the kingdom of God on this present earth. So let us go back to the purple and scarlet prophecy with these foundational uh, secrets in mind. We want to understand the Antichrist as uh, his reality and his actions during the Great Tribulation are described in the Purple and Scarlet Prophecy. Revelation 17, here it is. The scarlet beast that was but is no longer is the eighth king. He is like the other seven, and he too is headed for destruction. The ten horns of the beast are ten kings who have not yet risen to power. They will be appointed to their kingdoms for one brief moment to reign with the beast. They will all agree to give him their power and authority. Together, they will go to war against the Lamb. That's the Battle of Armageddon. Who's going to go to war against the Lamb? The Antichrist. He's also referred to as the Scarlet Beast. He's also referred to as the Little Horn. He's also referred to as the Eighth King. He subdues three. Ten Ten minus three is seven, plus one is eight. He's the eighth king. Together they will go to war against the lamb, but the lamb will defeat them because he is Lord of all lords and king of all kings. Now, verse 16 in the same chapter says, the scarlet beast and his ten horns all hate the prostitute. Now, this is very interesting. The Antichrist and the ten kings, Now, remember, there are ten kings originally. At some point, he takes down three. Okay? So all ten won't be there for the entire three and a half years. At some point, he takes down three. But for now, at this point, when all ten are in place, it says, The scarlet beast and his ten horns all hate the prostitute. They will strip her naked, eat her flesh, and burn her remains with fire. Hmm. Hmm. This is interesting. The Antichrist, as we discussed last Sunday, the Antichrist is one of two of the flunkies that Satan has. So there's three. There's Satan, there's the Antichrist, there's the false prophet. The Satan, the Antichrist, and the false prophet. Now, According to the 666 Antichrist prophecy, the Antichrist and the false prophet are going to work in tandem to bring to pass the plans and purposes of Satan. Now the prostitute refers to the woman. And the woman, the woman in Revelation 17, it says, In verse 18, and this woman you saw in your vision represents the great city that rules over the kings of the world. So it's a city. It's a location. Okay, so this city will be the financial headquarters uh, according to Revelation 18. Now let's go back to the Antichrist. It says the scarlet beast and his ten horns all hate the prostitutes. So they're going to hate this city. That's the financial capital. The city, that's the headquarters for the Harlot Church, the one world religion, the false Christianity that will be promoted by the Ten Nation Alliance, uh, the New World Order. It says, the scarlet beast and his ten horns all hate the prostitute. They will strip her naked, eat her flesh, and burn her remains with fire. They're going to burn down the headquarters for the Harlot Church. Isn't that interesting? Now, why would they do that if the Antichrist and the false prophet are such fast friends? uh, And apparently they're not fast friends. But if they're working together in tandem, why does the Antichrist turn against the headquarters for the Harlot Church where the false prophet presumably will live? Well, verse 17 gives us that answer. It says, for God has put a plan into their minds, a plan that will carry out his purposes. They will agree to give their authority to the scarlet beast and so the words of God will be fulfilled. Well, friend and truth seeker, we have talked much. There's been much discussion and analysis of the purple and scarlet prophecy today. I want to invite you to be with me and with us every Sunday and Thursday. You can listen live. You can also go to the uh the archives so you can go to the archives thinking about the end of the year please get your time to be with us on your agenda in September we'll be talking about the marriage supper prophecy so we're going to be focused on the battle of armageddon the marriage supper prophecy gives us the blow by blow account of what happens at the battle of armageddon Then in October, we'll be talking about the millennial reign prophecy. So what happens after the battle of Armageddon is fought and won by Jesus Christ? Who's going to be on this present earth? And and what are we going to be doing? Who doesn't make it? So we'll be talking about the millennial reign prophecy, the first thousand years of the government of Jesus Christ on this present earth. Then in November, we'll be talking about the dead judged prophecy. That's what happens after the second resurrection. The Great White Throne Judgment. And in December, we'll be talking about the New Earth Prophecy. That's the culminating prophecy in the Book of Revelation. So I invite you to be here with me and with us. Please, uh, please figure out based on what is happening in your world when you're going to give time to be with us so that you can hear the Book of Revelation. When you hear it over and over again, uh, that allows you to get it encoded successfully into your long-term memory so that you're able to retrieve it on demand. So my perception is that when you really know something, the evidence is that you're able to retrieve that information on demand. Whose demand? Your demand. So if you know something, you're able to access that information, pull it out of your long-term memory on demand whenever you want So how do we do that? The learning experts tell us we need seven touches with some piece of information in order to be able to access it on demand. That's what the learning experts say. So when you hear discussion and analysis of the same prophecy one time, then you're at time two, time three. Now all of a sudden you're at time seven. You're watching something on TBN or you're watching something on Daystar. You're reading your Bible and that information about the book of Revelation, it just bubbles up to the surface. You're able to retrieve it on demand. You're, you have it. You know it. So that is the purpose of us giving intense focus in other words every month we have at least eight sometimes as many as 10 or 11 just depending on how the sundays and thursdays fall we have at least eight but usually nine or ten uh programs on one prophecy so that you can just play them back to back if you want you can listen in real time when you hear the different discussion and analysis but on the same prophecy You will have that information not only go into your long-term memory, but it will be successfully encoded, and then you'll be able to retrieve it on demand. What does that mean? That means you know it. The secrets will not only be understood, they'll be unlocked. You'll have them with you. No one will be able to take the Word of God, the secrets in the book of Revelation from you. You will have them, and they will be a great comfort. It will be a great comfort to you, particularly in the times of distress that are coming during the great tribulation. So I want to thank you for being with me and uh, with me and with us today. Next year, next year we're going to be continuing uh, of course, with unlocking secrets of the book of revelation. We're going to start with the new earth prophecy and make our way to the seven seals prophecy. So if you want to hear all the prophecies in the book of revelation and you want to know all the prophecies in the book of revelation this is how to do it this is not the only way to do it but this is a way this is one way i think an easy way to do it simply tune in to pgn prophetic grace network listen at least once a week listen at least once a week to secrets revealed understand the book of revelation from start to finish And we're going to go with prophecy number 12 in January, prophecy number 11 in February, prophecy number 10 in March, so on and so forth like that till we end in December with the seven seals prophecy. So you will be able to hear them all know them all learn them all. uh, If you choose to participate that way. So, Again, if you have a question or comment on the book of Revelation, would you text it in? You can do that. Our PGN text number is one 505 8719 It will go to Prophet Randy Chandler. He'll share it with me, and I will follow up in a future broadcast. If you have a prayer request, would you text that in? one 505 8719 If you would like to talk, maybe you have a comment or question about the book of Revelation, you can call in live. So our PGN number uh, is 1-319-527-6027. Often we have people listening by phone. Only if you press 1 will I call uh, on you, because that's what, that's how you raise your hand in a virtual queue, letting me know, hey, I have a question about the book of Revelation, or I have a comment, or I have a prayer request. So you can do that one three one nine five two seven six zero two seven go ahead and get your hand up by pressing one if you want to uh, share your perspective or if you have a question about the book of revelation if you're listening from the archive remember you can text in at one two one four five zero five eight seven one nine so i want to thank you again for being with me and with us on thursday On Thursday, we will continue with more discussion and analysis of the purple and scarlet prophecy. If you haven't done so already, I encourage you, according to Jeremiah 33.3, call out to God. He promises to show you great and mighty secrets that you do not know.